Let's pray. <clears throat> Good morning, Lord. We thank you for gathering us this morning. We thank you for the start of a new year. We thank you for the gift of salvation that you offer us freely. We pray, Lord, as we gather, that you would open our hearts and our minds so that when we leave here, that we glorify you, and that as you are a blessing to us, we may be a blessing to others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's Epiphany. We celebrate the coming of the wise men. The picture says there's three wise men, but maybe not. We speculate three wise men because there were three gifts. They came from afar. Some people speculate they may have come from as many as 800 miles away. Some people, several thousands of miles. It may have taken them several months, maybe up to two years, to reach Jerusalem and Bethlehem. However long it took, it's a long time to be riding a camel. It's a long time to be walking. As we look at the wise men, though, this picture is not quite accurate because they probably came with a whole entourage of people. After all, these were rich guys. They had servants, they had guards, and they're surely not going to take this long a journey unless they came with an entire entourage of people. And what did they expect? They came seeking a newborn king. They expected riches, a palace, power, wealth, servants. They arrive in Jerusalem seeking this newborn king. Can you imagine the guards at the gate going, you're doing what? You want a newborn king? The word quickly spreads through the palace to Herod. The guys at the gate, they're looking for a newborn king. Herod, as Jerry said, is very concerned. He consults with the wise men. He consults with his people and finds out that there's a newborn king prophesied to be born in Bethlehem, a small, know-nothing city about six miles outside of Jerusalem. So they get back on their camels and head to Bethlehem. And what do they find? An ordinary house. And when they enter the house, they find an ordinary couple with an ordinary child. And what do they, what do, they do? And what do they do? Do they pack up their gifts, get back on their camels, and head east? No. In faith, they fell down and they worshipped him. They came expecting a palace, a king, a queen, riches, servants, power, prestige. That's the king they came expecting to worship. And what did they find? A young child, an ordinary couple, in an ordinary home. Now, we sometimes gloss over those words. They fell down on their knees and they worshipped him. 
mean, after all, he's the king of kings, lord of lords. He's God himself. But they didn't know that. They just had the beginning of his story. And yet they fell down on his knees and they worshipped him. In some respects, we can look at the story of the wise men as a foreshadowing of the expectations or the ministry of Christ Jesus. People had expectations for Christ that he did not meet. After he fed the 5,000, they expected him to be a bread king and take care of all their needs. No. They expected him to be a Messiah and restore the kingdom of David. Overthrow the Romans. And what does he tell Pontius Pilate? My kingdom is not of this world. They expected to come to him and have them teach them, but only teach them what they wanted to hear. And many of them, because his teachings became too hard, left him. Christ goes to the disciples and says, are you also now going to leave me because my teachings are too tough? And Peter jumps in and says, no, Lord. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Christ's ministry was a ministry that did not meet everybody's expectations. As we begin this new year, what are your expectations for the newborn king? Do you expect the bread and he's going to meet all of your physical needs? Do you expect someone that's going to provide you with easy teachings and not challenge you? Do you expect a Messiah, someone who is going to restore America and Christianity to what it once was? What do you come expecting when you come to worship the newborn king? Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, famous American poet, had a difficult life. His first wife dies. His second wife dies when her dress catches on fire. During the Civil War, his son joins the Union Army, much to his consternation and over his objections. Just before Christmas in 1863, Longfellow gets the word that his son has been wounded, he's in a hospital, and he may die. It's at that time that Longfellow writes these words. I hear the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat, of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought how, as the days had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled away the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Longfellow has an expectation for life. Peace on earth, isn't that what the bells have rung out at every Christmas time? He's experienced peace in his life, and he's experienced, and he hopes to experience it again. The next verse. Longfellow writes, and in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and marks the song of peace on earth, goodwill towards men. 
Life is not meeting his expectations for peace on earth. He's heard the bells of Christmas every year, and they've rung out peace. But life is not meeting his expectations. The country's at war. His son lies in a hospital, maybe dead. And so what does Longfellow do? Does he pack up his gifts for the newborn king, get on his camel and leave? Here's the final verse. Then peal the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Longfellow goes back to basics. And his basic truth is this. God is not dead. He's the same God that is accompanying him his entire life. And he's there now. He is not dead. At the end of the verse, he writes, the wrong shall fail and the right prevail. A basic truth. In the end, God wins. And that is the hope that he clings to. As we enter into this new year, what are your expectations for the newborn king? And more importantly, what do you do when those expectations are not met? Do you pack up your gifts, get on your camel? Do you walk away from God? What do you do when your expectations for life, for the newborn king aren't met? What do you do when you live in Superior, Colorado, and you leave your house in the morning to go to the park to play with your family, and, you're and you expect to go home for lunch, but you're notified, your neighborhood is on fire, your house is gone? What do you do when you expect to live happily ever after with someone, and that does not happen? What do you do when you go to the doctor with a small illness, expecting to be healed, and the doctor says, you have cancer? What do you do when life does not unfold as you expected? Do you pack up your gifts? Get on your camel? and walk away from God? By God's grace, we follow the example of the wise men. We fall down on our knees and we worship him. We follow Peter's example of falling down on his knees and acknowledging that there's salvation in no other than Jesus Christ. We follow Longfellow's example of falling down on his knees and acknowledging that God exists. And that in the end, he wins. By God's grace, we fall down on our knees and we worship him. Folks, every week, we have an opportunity to fall down on our knees and worship him. When we come together for worship, whether online or in person, we begin the service in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We fall down on our knees and acknowledge that God exists. 
He doesn't need for us to acknowledge his existence, but we need to acknowledge his existence. We confess our sins before him. We confess that he is holy and we are sinful and we cannot save ourselves. There's the Kyrie, where we seek God's mercy. The worship service on Sunday morning provides this amazing opportunity to follow the example of the wise men and fall down on our knees and worship him. And it is then that God lifts us up. It is then that God reminds us in his word, in his sacrament, in prayer, that he is with us, he sustains us, he saves us. And then in the end, we hear this amazing blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift, the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Folks, what do we do when the newborn king does not meet our expectations? When life does not meet all of our expectations, even though many of those expectations are very good expectations. Like the wise men, we fall down on our knees and worship him. Or if you read the sign out front, what happens when life becomes too much? Kneel. I did not put that sign up. That just happened to be there. But it fits very well the theme for this sermon. As we approach as we enter into a new year, may we follow the example of the wise men. And may God give us his grace, his wisdom, and his strength to each week fall down on our knees and worship him. Amen. And now we hear those amazing words from Jude, unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling, unto him who is able to lift you up and present you faultless and blameless before his throne, and to him be all honor and glory, power and might, now and forever. Amen.